Welcome back, guys. Thanks for tuning in to episode seven of Rebuilding New York Football. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the Giants and the Eagles and their Sunday matchup. Uh, the Jets are, of course, on a bye. We're going to talk about the draft classes of years past, both these two franchises. And I'm going to answer the question, are Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold the guys for their respective franchise? Uh, that We're probably going to hit on that last, or we'll continue from our our draft talk into those, because, of course, they're part of those two franchises. I mean, those two drafts for these franchises. Um, without further ado, let's hop into the Giants-Eagles game. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, of course, they met in week seven. Uh, the Eagles ended up coming back in the in the fourth quarter, scoring two touchdowns to win twenty-two to twenty-one. Um, listen, if if we're being completely honest here, this game should not have been as close as it was, and, and that's a fact. And when I was rewatching this game to to take some notes, um, if you look at the first half of the Eagles offense. They put up seven. They put up three. This is, uh, of course, their um, their drive results. Um, and the third drive, Carson Wentz throws a bad pick. Uh, I think he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds. James Bradbury makes a play. <clears throat> That's points on the board. Uh, I, like, I don't know if it was going to be seven or three or, or what, but that, that's points that he threw away there. Um, and next they punt. And then Dion Lewis fumbles by the uh, at the end of the half. And the Eagles miss a, a pretty easy field goal after in, in the red zone. I mean, this game had the chance to be 28 to... What was it? Twenty-eight to seven. Like, and I—I I don't really know if the Giants are built to come back from that. Um, the the seven at half for the Giants. The the reason why they were on the Eagles' side of the field is because of a bad punt, and Peppers brought it back to the forty-yard line of the Eagles. So there was a chance it was going to be twenty-eight nothing. Uh, if they're hitting on all cylinders, it, it really wasn't going to be that close. If, like I said, they hit on all cylinders. So if you look at the second half for the Eagles, they go punt, punt, punt. Um, they fail a fourth down conversion in the red zone. That's another seven. It's 35 points. And then touchdown, touchdown. 49 points were left. Were, uh, should have been the final tally for the the Eagles. If you really look and examine what had happened during the game. And of course, during these games in the NFL, like you're going to leave points on the board, but I'm just talking opportunity wise. There was 49 points. Uh, there were, what was it? 27 points left on the board by the Eagles. Um, that's a little scary. I, I really didn't remember it being all that close. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, the Eagles did a really good job of attacking the short routes underneath the zone uh, during this game. Um, it's something that they're going to attack again. It's, it's just the way it is. It, they're going to attack Martinez and um, and Peppers and uh, Downs and whoever's really in the middle of that field uh, covering the uh, the zone in the um, in the flats and in the middle. You know, and uh, it happened to be those guys this game. Peppers really didn't play that well. Um, and Martinez in the passing game, just not good enough. And with them getting Miles Sanders back, that's a real problem. And they had uh, Dallas Goddard back as well. So if you really look at it like this, I had originally ruled this game as totally... Um, winnable 
and something that could help them get to the division title if they had a chance, you know, if they if they really wanted to make a push, uh, if they could make a push. And uh, I really, after analyzing this game and realizing how many guys the Eagles get back this week, I mean, I, I just I don't really see an opportunity for the for the Giants to win this football game. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, right? So, guys that didn't play the last time that are going to play this time: Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rieger, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Um, they were missing Jason Peters. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, let's let's be real here. The the Giants, uh, though they might get Devontae Freeman back, their their run game is, was very bad in this game. Um, and of course, they're really they've kind of hit their stride with Gallman and Alfred Morris. But with how good this Eagles defensive front is, I don't really see the um, the Giants being able to take advantage of the run game. I really don't. Um, they're going to have to win um, with guys like Evan Ingram, who needs to be able to be on tonight. Like, or not tonight, on Sunday. He needs to be on. Darius Slayton needs to, you know, pull his his weight and um, win some matchups against Darius Slayton. It's not an easy task. I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but you need to be perfect on offense to beat this Eagles team. If they're going to be a hundred percent and then in health and listen, and and I get that the Eagles have really struggled uh, during the past few weeks, but like you look at some of the guys that were missing during some of these games, they've been beat up really bad. Malik Jackson didn't play in this game last time. Um, as well as the the guys that I had listed before, like those are all weapons for Carson Wentz. Uh, is Alshon Jeffrey going to really move the needle that much? No, but guys like Miles Sanders, guys like Rieger, who's a deep ball threat, Goddard, who's who's really at the tight end position is something that's so important to Wentz, right? Like, and it's something that the the Giants have really struggled to cover. Um, if, if it's being attacked, like Richard Rogers put up 85 uh, yards in this game last time. Richard Rogers, like that's kind of an absurd thing. He was targeted eight times, six catches. You don't think Goddard, Goddard's going to be targeted in the double digits if the Giants um, played the same defensive zone as they did uh, last time? I don't know. I, I, I would have a hard time believing that. Um, the fact that they're going to go into this game with Rieger back is big. Um, the fact that they're going to come back with who knows what Alshon Jeffrey looks like, but regardless, it's another weapon for the Eagles. Um, Jason Peters comes back. Uh, Jason Peters is not the same guy as uh, as he used to be, but it's it's a step up for them. Um, and and yeah, I think that's a very scary thing to look at when you look at this Giants Eagles team. And listen, I went into this game thinking the Giants have a real shot at this division. And I came out of the game and reading some of the the injury reports and um, some of the other things, and I kind of came away with the Giants um, might have a rough uh, go round on um on Sunday. Sorry, could not think of when this game was. That was really interesting. Um, yeah, so let's let's break it down by position um, quickly and, and how everyone played in that past game. Uh, Jones struggled. Um, I think we all know that. Um He, uh, he had 187 yards, two touchdowns, uh, a pick, and a fumble. Uh, he has to be perfect. No turnovers on Sunday. I keep saying tonight. Like This I, this game was played on a Thursday night a couple weeks ago, and 
making me keep saying it tonight. Um, a pick and a fumble, like he's got to be perfect. No turnovers. Um, Wentz throws for 360, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, the pick, he's trying to throw the ball out of bounds. He fails to do so. It, it seems uh, like that was his intention. I'm not entirely sure what was going through. It was a stupid play. Um, his decision-making has, has struggled throughout the past, uh, I mean, honestly, through the season. Um, and, and, of course, Jones has, too. Jones has struggled with his footwork, um, his decision-making, and he has no pocket feel. Like, he he really doesn't, and, and that's a big issue for me, of course. Um, it's, it's year two, so it's not... Like it's it's not like it's a year five guy. If this was happening to someone like Carson Wentz, which to an extent it is, uh, it's not as bad as Daniel Jones is. But if Jones was doing what he's doing now in year five, he would probably move, be moved on from. Definitely be moved on from. Um, moving on to the running back position, uh, Daniel Jones had that eighty yard run. During this game, where he falls down. Um, other than that, the Giants really failed to move the ball through the run game during this uh, matchup. Goldman has 34 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Deion Lewis has that fumble. Freeman gets hurt in this game. Uh, Morris has 67 yards this past weekend. He wasn't on the practice squad at this point. They sent him back to the practice squad a couple days ago. I don't know what his deal is, if he's going to be suiting up. I think it depends on what Freeman's doing. Um, and how he's feeling. Freeman, of course, uh, hurts his ankle in this game a couple weeks ago, as I said. Um, uh, he, of course, would be a, a big get to a nice guy to have back. Uh, as for the Eagles, they get Miles Sanders back, who didn't play in this matchup the first time. Boston Scott gains 46 yards on the ground. Huntley has a an okay day, 13 yards, and Wentz has that rushing touchdown. Um, obviously Miles Sanders probably has a better day than any of those guys against this Giants team, especially with the guys that they're supposed to get back on their offensive line. Um, do you understand why I'm a little worried like about this game? It's, it's not really that great of a matchup for the Giants. Um, especially with how that first go around went, um, the Eagles kind of get in their own way a lot though. And if stuff like that happens, like the Giants need to take advantage of those situations. Um, as for the wide receivers and tight ends, uh, Shefford's first game back, he had eight catches for 59 yards on touchdown. He's looked really good the past couple of weeks. Uh, Ingram, of course, has that that um, drop that would have been a game ceiling first down. Six catches for 46 yards, and he also has the it, it, this wasn't his fault, but Jones throws a dart right at his hands and tips the ball up, and uh, I think Jalen Mills comes down with the pick, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's not Ingram's fault. First of all, should not be running a two-yard slant or that close to the to the uh, to the um, the quarterback. He, he, it was way too close. Um, the fact that they Jason Garrett designed that, uh, maybe he was lined up in the wrong spot. I'm not entirely sure, but it, it looked really, it was a bad look for Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones for him to throw it as hard as he did. Um, bad look for him too. And I, I get that you want to fire it in there because you don't want to throw a pick, but that was, I mean, kind of ridiculous. Um, in my opinion, I, I really thought he could take a few miles per hour off that. Um, Golden Tate has one catch, 39 yards on touchdown. I don't know what his role is going to be on Sunday. Uh, depends on how they're treating the whole situation with him. Of course, he did not play against Washington uh, because of the outburst uh, that he had had and the uh, outburst that his significant other had had on, I believe it was Twitter or something. Um he, they left him at home for the uh, Washington game. And rightfully so. JoJo is going to take that crap. So I, I really respected that. And they came out with the win. So 
And Golden Tate, really, he doesn't move the needle for them. Um, Austin Mack was fine. Uh, you're going to see Dante Pettis play. Um, do I have faith in Dante Pettis? Not really at all, but he's definitely someone that is interesting to bring on board. I mean, he's a former second-round pick. Um, kid out of, uh, out of Washington. He's already 25 years old. Um, interesting route runner. He apparently had come into 49ers camp out of shape. Um, and of course that's, that's no good. So yeah, we'll, um, I don't, I don't expect him to be much, right? Like he only has 38 catches in his career. It's really nothing special. He's only in his, uh, his third or fourth year, I think, uh, didn't have a catch all season this year. Uh, struggling to get on the field, and I think that tells you a lot considering the injuries that the 49ers have had to the uh, wide receiver position, right? Like, if you look back at the game this past week when they played on Thursday Night Football against the Packers, was he cut before that? Um, I'm not sure um, if he was or not. But regardless, like they needed a guy like that uh, to to come in and play, right? Like they had no Ayuk, they had no. I don't think Debo played. Um, that they had guys out. They they needed a wide receiver to step up, and the fact that they decided to cut him, I think that says a lot about him and uh, either the situation or. Uh, that he put them in or that his level of play is not that great. So the Pettis signing, I like the chance that they're taking on him. I'll never uh, ridicule a team because they're taking a chance on a guy that, um, especially at that low, that low of a cost, why not? You can cut him tomorrow if he sucks or if he's out of shape, right? Like it's really not that big of a deal. The problem is they cut Corey Ballantyne. Uh, who ends up signing with the Jets, who I think that they expected him to be able to be put on the practice squad. Uh, I don't think they really thought it through. He went to waivers, uh, and I don't think they think Edelman screwed up, and the Jets ended up signing him, and I'm not expecting him to be anything that crazy. But for them to assume that nobody was going to pick him up on the waiver wire was kind of silly. Second-year guy out of um, Washburn, I think. Um, Sixth-round pick. Uh, he was the guy that had gotten shot uh, after on draft night or the day after draft night or something like that. Um, interesting player. I mean, there's just I think that they really messed that up. But that's just me. A lot of giant slander on this pod today. Wow. It's not all bad, though. We'll get to the defense soon. Um, Darius Slayton only has two catches. Uh, I don't think that they could win this game without Slayton being involved. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more Austin Mack tonight, though. I think that was my whole point. He impressed me in this past week against Washington. Uh, had a nice couple of drives. Had that nice catch on the sideline for about like 50 yards or so. Um, I honestly, I don't, like I said, Golden Tate doesn't move the needle for me. So why not give playing time to an undrafted rookie? who honestly wasn't even on my board or wasn't even on my radar coming out of the, on the draft at the draft. I mean, I didn't evaluate him. I, it, um, it surprised me when he made the team and I, I really didn't know much about him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he had 30 catches in college. Uh, I, I really don't know what else to say there. He uh, it caught me by surprise how well it's it's worked out for him and re- mad respect to him because uh, it's not easy to make it in the NFL especially when your college production is not exactly up there and if you think about it Ohio State's so stacked that guys like Austin Mack fall through the cracks like it happens you know um as for the Eagles in the passing game. Richard Rodgers, like I said, 85 yards on six catches. They get back Alshon. They get back Rieger. They get back Goddard. They lose Sean Jackson, who hasn't really looked like himself. Um, Fogum had five catches for 73 yards. 
uh, Greg Ward had three catches, 42 yards at a touchdown, and Wilson Scott had a touchdown of the backfield. Uh, they're going to attack the Giants through the uh, the tight end position and passes to Miles Sanders. That's my opinion. A giant struggle covering routes underneath the zone. I I don't know what else to say. And especially with Jalen Rieger coming back, who's going to be able to take the top off the defense, I, I really don't see um, why that would be, why their game plan would change from the first time they met to the second time they met, unless the Giants adjust to it. But I, I think that they're, Specifically attacking Peppers and Martinez and uh, whoever's in the middle of the field, whether it be uh, Mayo or Downs or whoever. Uh, I think that's who they're attacking. As for the offensive line, Andrew Thomas played his worst game of the year against the Eagles. Um, his best game came against Washington. So I'm, I'm just pointing out both sides of the uh, of the scale. He played really well last week, in my opinion, especially against a, a tough player like Chase Young. Uh, the too many mental errors, um, not knowing who to block, who to pick up, um, miscommunications between him and Will Hernandez. Um, Will Hernandez might have picked up someone that was lined up on Thomas, and Thomas should have gotten the edge, but Thomas blocks down instead of out. Um, and Hernandez clearly was picking up Tom, the guy that was lined up on Thomas. So the edge guy gets a free shot, stuff like that. Uh, it's it kind of beat up on Andrew Thomas that time, that game. And he's also he has a tendency of getting beat inside, where someone like Brandon Graham lines him up, tries to get to his outside shoulder, uh, kind of gets Thomas backing up. Uh, Thomas is doing his job, and then. Brandon Graham does a really good job of shifting his momentum to the inside. Uh, and Thomas isn't quick enough to really lock down the inside because he's so far back, uh, you know, um, that he leaves a gap and the opportunity for Brandon Graham or whoever it is, Barnett, whoever, um, to get the Jones. And, and that was a real issue. He worked on it. Clearly, they've been pointing it out because um, they had uh, they had fixed it in the Washington game where he was quick to get his right foot um, uh, more aligned with where it should be uh, against Chase Young, where Chase Young would try similar moves where he'd drive him outside uh, and change his momentum to try and make a move back inside, whether it be a spin or just a simple jab uh to get to the inside of the uh, of Andrew Thomas's body, so hopefully that that holds up um, for this week. They're going to need him to be pretty pretty perfect on that left tackle position because they can't have issues at both tackle. It'll be a long day for Daniel Jones if they have issues at both tackle positions. Andrew Thomas, he needs to pick up where he left off against Washington. Um, Will Hernandez has been hurt. Lemieux has been starting in his place. Uh, it seems like Will Hernandez will be back. Uh, let me double check that because I don't want to act like I just made that up. Um, yeah, he was activated. So it seems like he will be back in his starting role. Um, Nick Gates has, was, has been playing solid. Uh, Zeitler has been playing solid. Uh, Hernandez, of course, has been a little shaky. Um and then at right tackle, you have the rotating duo of Cam Fleming and uh, Matt Pert, who uh, Pert should be the starter. I, I think Fleming is not a good football player, but that's just my opinion. Um, uh, Pert looked better against Washington than he had in weeks past. Uh, he's gotten better every week he's played. So I do think that that's promising, and that's why he belongs in that starting role, because he's better than Cam Fleming. Right, and I don't understand why you wouldn't start the rookie instead of the the uh, the veteran on a I believe a one year deal. I don't really understand that, but that's just me. Um, as for the Eagles, they get Jason Peters back. Uh, Herbig will be at left guard. Kelsey at center. Matt Pryor will be back as well at right guard. And Lane Johnson's expected to play. Um, they'll be full force against this Giants defensive line. Um, another scary sign for the Giants is that they'll be back and uh, ready to roll. 
for this Eagles because they did not have everyone last time around. And the Giants really don't have a natural pass rusher, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, keys for the game for the Giants. Jones need to be near perfect uh, because of uh, under pressure. He just has a lack of pocket feel, you know, and if um, if he's not perfect when he's not under pressure, that that's a problem too. And uh, there were times in that Buccaneers game where it didn't look good when he wasn't under pressure. Uh, against Washington, he had an okay game, solid game. Um, still not perfect, but I think the Eagles team is going to be better than uh, they were the last time these two matched up. He's got to be good. He's got to be on his uh, on his p's and q's and and whatnot. And um, I think that the uh, the next key is going to be that they need to be able to run the football to take the game out of Jones's hands because if he's going to be making turnovers. It's going to be a long day for the Giants. And if you get a guy like Freeman back and Morris is rolling and Gallman is, Gallman is rolling, you take the ball out of Jones's hands. And I'm not saying they're going to be able to do this, but I do think that this would help shift the momentum. Keep Carson Wentz in that offense off the field. Keep it low scoring, dominate possession time, and run the ball. Just run the ball. Uh, I think that's something that's been a major focus the past couple of weeks uh, since that Eagles game. Um, mainly last week against Washington. Take the ball out of Jones' hands. Um, and Evan Ingram, guys like Evan Ingram, Stone Shepard, and Darius Sly- uh, Slayton need to be at their best. They need to to be at their best for the Giants to win this football game. Um, Evan Ingram specifically, because they're going to be able to take advantage of this Eagles linebacking crew. Um, uh, I really, I don't know what else to say besides that. Because this, they win the football game if Evan Ingram's on point last time. It, it's just a fact. Like, I'll defend Evan Ingram to a certain extent, but I will not say that they wouldn't have won this game if it wasn't. They would have won. I will say that they would have won this game if Evan Ingram was on uh, last game. He should have had that uh, clinching first down. And I'm not saying he should have caught that pick, but. Um, I think on a day that he's on his top, the top at the top of his game, I think he catches up all eight out of ten times, nine out of ten times. Like I don't know what else to say. Uh, he had a bad night, and um, and yeah. So if he's on his game, I, I think the Giants have a real shot. As for the Eagles, uh, sticking with the tight end theme, Goddard needs to be used to attack the linebackers and peppers. Um, Bad in coverage. It's going to be the same story as last time. Richard Rodgers, he catches, or six catches, 85 yards. It's going to be Goddard this time, and Wentz is going to feel more comfortable with Goddard. Um, they're going to have to feature Miles Sanders in the passing game to uh, give Wentz another target. I know they get Alshon and Rieger back and Goddard back, but gives them another target and is a, kind of a safety blanket. Um. And I think that the, the Eagles are going to have to get the ball out quick. Because even though the, the Eagles do have guys like Peters and um, and uh, Matt Pryor back, and they're almost 100% at the offensive line position, if Wentz has to stand back there, the Giants are going to be able to collapse pocket. Right? This front three um, is strong and big enough to, if given the time, they can... They might not get to the quarterback, but they could put him under pressure just by driving offensive linemen backwards. They're that good. They're, they really are. There's no doubt about it. And that's something that we'll, we'll talk about with this defensive keys. Um, in the defensive keys section, but uh, I, I do think that they need to maybe run quick passes. That's why I think Miles Sanders and Goddard are going to have a big day. I really do uh, with how good this defensive line is. All right, and then we have the defensive side of the ball. Uh, starting with the Giants, their front three, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Leonard Williams. They have a solid day. They Nothing too crazy. Dexter Lawrence ends up with a sack against his Eagles team in Week 7. But I think more so of their, uh, their success came with their ability to not get pushed around in the run game. 
Um, I think that Wentz did a really good job of getting the ball out quick during this game at times. Of course, um, not always, but at the times, at the points that he did, uh, it's because of this defensive line, right? And if he doesn't, he has to leave the pocket. And that's what forced that Bradbury pick. Wentz had to roll out to his left because he was under pressure. And that pressure is coming naturally between these three guys. And if not, they got to blitz somebody. Um, which I'm as much of a not really an advocate for blitzing. Uh, takes the guy out of coverage and good quarterbacks can take advantage of that. But Giants really don't have that natural rusher off the edge. Fackerel's uh, a solid player, but he's not that great um, of a rusher. He, he's not a pure edge guy, right? And like I said, he's solid. He's like a role guy, though. Um, and he's taking over a big responsibility for the Giants football team. Um, for the Eagles, Malik Jackson didn't play last week. Oh, and I just got an alert on my phone. Devontae Freeman is probably not playing. Okay. Um, you're going to see Alfred Morris, and you're going to see more Gallman. That's that's just the way it is. Um, They had success against Washington with those two. Do they have success against Philadelphia? I'm not sure. Though Washington has a really solid front, I think um, the Eagles are kind of built differently in that they're more prepared to stop the run uh, with some of these guys. So for the Eagles, defensive line. Uh, you got Hargrave with two tackles. Cox, of course, one of the best defensive players in the league. Four tackles. Barnett has a sack. Brandon Ingram, uh, Brandon Graham has a sack, and Josh Wett has a tackle. Uh, they're gonna have to attack Andrew. Actually, we'll talk about that later. That's one of my defensive keys. Um, moving on to the linebackers, Blake Martinez has nine tackles. Downs has five, and Fackerel has three. Like I said before. Um, this Giants team doesn't have a pure edge rusher. It's kind of back roll, um, but he's more of like a role guy. Like, he's a solid player. I get that. I'm not saying he's not. Giants fans, take a deep breath. But in the draft, in free agency, you're going to have to bring a guy in, right? It's just the way it is. And then when that guy needs a breather, you put in back roll. Or you put, put them both off the edge. Like... I, I don't know what else to say. It's it's really not that complicated. And the Giants are in a weird spot where Williams and um, Tomlinson are expiring. It's not a great spot to be in for them. We'll talk about that later, though. Uh, Nick Jerry and Alex Singleton are the Eagles linebackers. Jerry has a or Gary has a, a sack. Um, during this game, seven tackles for him, five tackles for Singleton. Um, and yeah, moving on to the secondary, Bradbury, of course, has a pick. Uh, no Ryan Lewis this week, from what I understand. Why is my phone blowing up? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Holmes is in the slot. Edom will be starting opposite of Bradbury for Ryan Lewis. Um no Xavier McKinney, from what I understand. He's still too injured to play. Uh, can't wait to see him on the field. Uh, Logan Ryan, of course. Uh, kind of play him everywhere. Julian Love. Uh, kind of play him everywhere. Jabril Peppers is kind of in that um, safety, strong safety linebacker role where he's also everywhere the way that Patrick Graham uses the secondary is pretty impressive to me because in my opinion there's not a lot of talent there Uh, a lot of young guys I mean Peppers and Ryan are vets Um, and Bradbury but he knows how to use them and put them in positions to succeed instead of just throwing them out there and telling them to play man run around like a their head cut off like a chicken a chicken with their head cut off I said that phrase wrong. Um, Philadelphia, of course, has their Slay, who locked down Slayton last game. Two catches for uh, an insignificant amount of yardage. 
Uh, Mills, of course, had the pick. McLeod's a solid player. Six tackles for him. Uh, Will Parks and Roby Coleman, who uh, needs to be better against Sterling uh, if they are looking to really take the passing game away from the Giants. Uh, defensive keys for the Giants. They need to blitz Wentz and get him under pressure if they can't get that natural pass rush because there's guys that are going to be returning. Um, take the deep ball away from Rieger because uh, they didn't face him last time. If he gets hot, that's a scary um, outcome for the Giants. And they need to stop the run with Miles Sanders. Uh, I don't think this will be that big of a problem uh, for the Giants because they are pretty okay against the run. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that, but it needs to be a point of emphasis because you need to take away one of the two, either the passing game or the run game, and you're not taking away the passing game. Um, you're just not. You're not that good enough uh, in pass coverage to take that away. So stop the run. For Philadelphia, they need to take Slayton out of the game with Darius Slay like they did last time. Um, they need to attack the rookie tackles. Uh, it's as simple as using stunts to confuse them. You know, and loading one side and and uh, making Andrew Thomas make a decision, putting uh, all the pressure on on the tackles, uh, either Pert or Andrew Thomas. It really doesn't matter, especially if Andrew Thomas is a game like he did in Week Seven versus the Eagles. That's uh, that's gonna be a long night or a long day for him uh, if if they play like they did, um, if he plays like he did against the the Eagles in Week Seven, and then. To, of course, make Daniel Jones uncomfortable with blitzes, disguised, disguised coverages, and, uh, you know, baiting him. Uh, making him throw balls that it looks great, but the Eagles are in a position to make, it, make a play on the ball. Uh, he's really not making good decisions right now. I don't know what the deal is. Not entirely sure, but it's no good. Um, it's kind of a bad spot for him to be in. I think that's it for the Eagles preview. Uh, I know the defensive side was a lot quicker than the offensive side, but I would like to move on because I don't think that that game is going to be as close as people are predicting. Let's check the spread real quick. I'm not, I don't have that off the top of my head. Um, the Eagles are minus three, and the over/under is forty-four. Uh, I would take the Eagles and the over if I was if I was uh, betting on this on this game. Over, I would put in put in a teaser. Um, I don't think it's going to be all too close. Um, uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I think it has a chance to be close because the Eagles, I mean, for what it's worth, they do struggle a, a decent amount, right? Like it's—I don't think that's a secret that they—they they have struggled this year. So as much as I'm pumping up them, uh, it's more of just what should happen rather than what will happen, right? Like. They should be able to pull this off, but I mean, the Eagles have lost some some really weird games this year and struggled in some really weird games this year. That anything can happen, right? Like week one, they lose to Washington. They lose to the Rams by decent amount. They tie with the Bengals. They get into a scrappy one with the 49ers. Um, they play a tight one. With the Ravens, they uh, they lose to the Steelers by about nine. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Giants. They're a little. They're on a bit of a roll right now, um, and of course they're coming off a bye. I don't know. That's that's just my uh, opinion, but whatever. Moving on. 
We're going to talk about some of the, the draft picks that, well, I guess for the Jets, we'll go back to, oh, what do you want to go back to? Oh, that was a weird noise. Um, 2016 seems right. We'll talk some Jets first. The reason both these two franchises are in the positions they're in is honestly and uh, definitely because of how poorly they've drafted over the past couple of seasons. Uh, was this the McCagnan era? Era, um, I believe it was. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this was McCagnan's first year. Yeah, because he he was in that Leonard Williams draft. Uh, I won't even touch that year. But moving on, we'll start with 2016. They go Darren Lee, who I don't believe is in the league anymore. Um after being traded to Kansas City, who Gase got ridiculed for trading Darren Lee. It was a good trade. You, I was surprised they got anything out of him. But it, that's a mess. You whiff on that. Christian Hackenberg, who I don't think he ever played in a game in the NFL. That's a second-round pick right there. Wasted. Jordan Jenkins, who is an okay player for the Jets right now. Like I don't know what else to what I'd call him other than that. Besides an okay player. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I'd call him. Uh, Justin Burris, who was uh, taken in the fourth round out of North Carolina State. Probably the best or second best pick in this draft. Uh, it's between him and Jenkins. He started six games for the Panthers. You could argue that he, yeah, it's not. Like he was gonna start the seat the whole entire season. Jeremy Chin's kind of taken over his role now since he's been hurt. Um, but regardless, he, I mean, he's starter in the league. He he doesn't last with the Jets. He gets, I believe, cut after his second season. Uh, with the team. Uh, I personally had a little high hopes for him, but it it didn't work out. Brennan Shell, who I believe is now at the Seahawks. If I'm not mistaken, he's starting, which is concerning for the Seahawks. Um, he, of course, was with the Jets for the past uh, four or so years. Uh, started at right tackle. Was not great. Uh, they had high hopes for him, though. Um, so we'll call that a miss because not with the team. Right, like Locke Edwards not with the team, Trump Peak not with the team. So out of that, how many are still with the Jets? One. Out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. One out of seven are still with the Jets. Um only three are still in the league. Jordan Jenkins, of course, starts for the Jets. Justin Burris starts for the Panthers and uh or did start for the Panthers now on IR. And Brandon Shell starts for the Seahawks, and he's not that great. But that's your middle of the round guys, three, four, and five. You miss on your top two picks. That's unacceptable, right? Like three, four, and five, you're supposed to hit on roll guys, and these are roll guys. Like Jordan Jenkins should not be a starter in this league. He should be a rotational guy. He's kind of playing that role now. They take him off the field a lot. Um. Um, let's see. You fast forward to, um, 2017 and it's even worse, right? They take a step back because now you have ammo. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks. You go Jamal Adams at six. You pass on to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes, who, by all means, 
should have gone top 10. For whatever reason, they don't. The Jets needed a quarterback. Why they don't go after either of these guys, I'm not entirely sure. I don't get it. doesn't make any sense to me. I get that the Adams factor was very interesting to them. He was a, uh, a can't-miss prospect. It was no surprise that he ended up being an all-pro player. He was uh, number one on a lot of guys' boards that year. Um, but let's let's look at it. Jamal Adams at pick six, right? And then you go Marcus May, who's okay. He's a solid player. But the fact that you go safety-safety is kind of ridiculous. Um, in my opinion, uh, especially with how many needs they have, I guess they go best player available though. May has an injury history, and May, I don't think he's played a full season for the Jets yet. Um, no, his rookie year. Oh, no, I'm sadly mistaken. He actually played two of the four uh, full seasons for the Jets. Well, two of the three because this season's not over. I'm mistaken. I did not realize that. That's on me. But regardless, May has been a solid at best player. He um, he's not Adams, and the fact that they decided to take two safeties is utterly ridiculous. When there were so many other needs for this franchise, they then go back to back wide receiver. Neither of which played on a team or in a game after 2017 are Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen. Both misses. I don't even know what to say about that. Jordan Leggett doesn't play on a team after 2018. Dylan Donahue doesn't play in a game after 2017. Elijah McGuire doesn't play on a team after 2018. Jeremy Clark doesn't play on a team after 2018. Derek Jones doesn't play in a game after 2018. Do you get where this is going? So the first draft that we're evaluating in 2016, you have the third and fourth and fifth round pick. They're still in the league. So you, you kind of get the feel. Maybe McCagnon's a mid-round guy. Finds, finds talent in the mid-rounds. Kind of like that. What they got going on in Seattle. But that's not even true. Because... Out of the picks in 2017, only two were left in the league, and they're both safeties, and they're not very ones only only ones with the Jets, and he might his time might be coming up, um, going forward. I don't know if they resign Marcus May. It's an honest assessment. 2018 rolls around. 2018, big year that uh. Jets were supposed to take a quarterback. They're picking six, I believe. They trade up. They lose a second rounder uh, for this year and the next year. And they take Sam Darnold, my quarterback four in that draft. Um, I understood it. He was supposed to be the safest pick of them. You can argue that he, in some ways, was the safest pick. Right, Josh Rosen's on the practice squad. Um, Lamar Jackson was a boomer bust prospect. It's it just a fact that he was. Josh Allen was a boomer bust prospect. You didn't know what they were going to be. Baker Mayfield's kind of um, iffy right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say um, about that. They, of course... Don't have the draft capital to build around them. No second round pick. So they go Nathan Shepard in the third round. Hasn't amounted to uh, to much. Only two sacks over the years. Now getting a lot of playing time because they moved on from McClendon. Chris Herndon, who was a fourth round pick out of Miami. He ends up having a really good and promising um, rookie year. 39 catches, 502 yards. And then... This year and last year has not amounted to much, right? Like, he hasn't. Um, he kind of blew everyone away in his rookie year and has kind of fell off the face of the earth since then. He's dropped balls, he's fumbled, and you can argue that Adam Gase does not use the tight end position very well and effectively. Now, 
is that an excuse for his drops? No. Is that an excuse for the fumbles? No. Is he on the team next year? I'm not sure. I'm really not. Um, I'm willing to give him a chance. I doubt his value is at a very high point right now. Um, to trade him away, I give him next training camp and see what he looks like. And if he gets right again, um, other than that, I'm, I don't know where it goes. Jets don't pick in the fifth round. They take Perry Nickerson in the sixth round, who has been um, a journeyman in his career. Uh, the Jets trade him to Seattle for a seventh-round pick uh, a couple years ago. He doesn't make the team there. Plays in Jacksonville last year, then goes to Green Bay, where he's there now. I don't know if he's on the practice squad or not there. Uh, and then they, they take uh, Fadakasie. Fadakasie. Uh, Falonsu. Falonsu. I always F his name up. Um, the kid out of uh, out of UConn, who honestly has not played bad and has taken over what Nathan Shepard was supposed to be. Uh, had his best game of his career against the Patriots the other night. Stepped up for McClendon. A lot of these young guys have stepped up, and uh, he was one of them. Now we go to the last pick of that draft was spent on a running back in Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon is now with Carolina, with Justin Burris. Only spent two years in the Jets, and then bye-bye. Do you see the trend here? (sighs) Next draft. 2019, McCagnon's last draft. They go Quinn and Williams, who has been playing better. I'll give him that. Ja'Kai Polite, who didn't make the team last year, didn't didn't make it to a game, is now playing for the Rams, I believe. Actually had his first sack the other night. Good for him. Uh, actually got cut by the Seattle Seahawks in between his stint with the, uh, the Jets and the Rams. Uh, Chuma Doga, who's the backup tackle for the Jets, and uh, they go Trevon Wesco, Trevon Wesco, whatever you want to call him. Um, kind of that weird fullback role. He's on IR with the Jets right now. There's no reason to believe that he's going to be on the team next year. Uh, but he was uh, on that bubble this past offseason. Um, he was taken in the fourth round. Blake Cashman, an undersized linebacker that they take out of Minnesota, who has an injury history, um, hasn't been able to stay on the field. Um, has a high motor guy. Is I, I don't know. He he's interesting as a role guy, but he's a fifth round pick, so I won't bash the Jets too much on that. And then in the sixth round, they take Bless Austin, who is their starting corner. He's actually played okay at times uh i think he gets put in a lot of bad spots he gets beat sometimes he's probably a number two number three guy i don't think he's gonna unless he gets better um i don't know what his career ends up looking like um but for right now he's a number two number three guy like he's the number one guy on the team right now but he's gonna get pushed down the depth chart in the years to come just a fact like Let's not overrate the guy. Uh, and then you look at this year's draft, and it's very interesting because Mikai Becton, um, stud, like you have your franchise left tackle in Mikai Becton. Um, you have Denzel Mims, who is interesting. 10 catches, 146 yards already in three games. I want to say there's no one else to throw to, so I'm not going to overrate it, but he's looked pretty good. Um, has some separation issues at time, but I think he gets that back when he's 100%, which I don't think he's playing at right now. Ashton Davis, who's a project, and uh, some Jets fans are thinking he's a little more than a project, but he's not. He, he's a project. He um, is taking over that Jamal Adams role. He wasn't starting or even playing defensive snaps until McDougland got hurt. 
uh, Zuniji, who's uh, uh, or Zuniga, whatever his name is. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, he um, has played in two games. He's been hurt, so the expectations aren't that high yet. He's a third-round pick out of Florida who had an injury history. Um, Michael P. Ryan, also out of Florida. Solid player. I, I will say that. I think he's the number two, though. Uh, role guy. So I, I don't really... I'm not expecting much out of that. James Morgan, fourth-round pick out of FIU. I was hoping to see him start over Flacco, but I don't know why we haven't really seen him. Cameron Clark has been hurt. He's expected to start by the end of the year out of Charlotte. Was very surprised that he fell to the fourth round, but I think that's what happens when there's a pandemic and you come from Charlotte. Uh, Bryce Hall gets hurt in his last game at Virginia. He plays in his first game uh, of the year against the Patriots. Uh, I'm encouraged by what I saw out of him and Braden Mann, who uh, is pretty pretty good as a punter. Um, so I think you're understanding where I'm going with this is that Joe Douglas, in his one year of drafting, because he didn't, he hasn't drafted before that. Even though he was hired uh, a, a year and a half ago, he he was hired after the draft. He has put together a team that has rookies that can play right now. Uh, if you look at the drafts that we looked at, and I was very generous to the Jets because I could have went back to 2014. 2015, 2013, like there, there are some really bad drafts here. If you look at it, who's still with the Jets and out of how many guys, right? Jordan Jenkins, one. Marcus May, two. Sam Darnold, three, but not for long. Nathan Shepard, four. Chris Herndon, five. Fuller runs to six. And then you go to 2019 and you go Quinnen, Adoga, Wesco, Cashman. That's 10. Bless Austin, 11. Right? I'm not even going to count 2020 because they, they obviously made it. But so we got 11. Out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Fifty percent of the Jets draft picks from the years twenty nineteen to oh, did I count wrong? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Oh, it's even worse than that. I left out a drift class in my counting. Eleven divided by twenty seven is forty one percent. Forty one percent of the picks from 2015 or 2016 to 2019 are still around with the Jets. That's an issue. What are we drafting for if 60% of the guys aren't going to be on the team anymore after their rookie deals? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, Joe Douglas ends this trend. Uh, I have faith in him. I'm encouraged by it after this past draft. Um, yeah. Let's move to the Giants because pissed me off. Um, <laughs> we'll go from 2016. They go Eli Apple. It's, uh, it's Jerry Reese picking. It's not Gettleman yet. Um, Apple, who is a reach. Sterling Shepard, who was a great pick. Um, Darian Thompson, 
who uh, I believe starts or used to start for Dallas. Um, he only lasted two years for the Giants. That was a, what was it, a second or third round pick? A third round pick out of Boise State. Um, BJ Goodson, who uh, is no longer with the Giants, kind of that career journeyman type uh, with their third team and now the Browns. Um, they go Paul Perkins, who's out of the league. Jarrell Adams, who's out of the league. Um, do you sense a similar trend between these two franchises? Because I do. Uh, yeah. Let's move this back up. Sorry. Had to check what year Sam Beal was drafted. Because that's not on here. Jerry Reese's last draft as a, the Giants GM. Evan Ingram. It's fine by me. Dalvin Tomlinson hits on that. Davis Webb. Yikes. Never plays a snap in the league. Um, but hey, there were all those articles about how Davis Webb was going to be the guy after um, Eli Manning called it. Stupid. Wayne Goldman, who's still with the team. Um, Avery Moss, who's not in the league anymore. And uh, Adam Biznawadi out of Pitt, who didn't make it past his first year. Um, yeah. Then you move to 2018. This is uh, Gettleman's first draft. With the Giants. And they take Saquon at pick two. Giants fans, cover your ears. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that pick was terrible. You never take a running back that early. You just don't. And he's going to be really good. But right now, he's only played one full season, right? Uh, I he he's only played in one full season. Um, will he be good, and will he be a weapon for whoever's the next quarterback, Daniel or Daniel Jones or whatever? Probably, but they're gonna have to re-sign him soon, like. That's how quickly this league moves. You're going to see guys like Lamar Jackson. You're going to see guys like Josh Allen sign big contracts as well season. You're going to see guys from that draft class start to sign contracts. Saquon Barkley, I don't know how much you pay the guy for potential, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he asked for. I, I, if they resign him in this offseason, I will lose my mind. Um, will Hernandez, um, iffy player. Uh, t- I don't want to call it a miss, but he has not lived up to, I believe, their expectations. Uh, Lorenzo Carter's hurt, but still on the team. BJ Hill's a solid player. Loletta didn't make it past 2018, and RJ McIntosh didn't make it past 2019, I don't think. Uh, let me double check that. Yeah, he did not make it past 2019. Moving on to 20, the 2019 draft. They take Jones a pick six. Which is fine. Get your guy. I, I get that. Um, but they could have got him at 17, regardless of what you believe. I was fine with them taking him over Haskins. Um, Haskins rubbed me the wrong way um, during the draft process. I'm proud I hit on that, to be honest, because I didn't have him as a first-round pick. Uh, Daniel Jones, I did not have as a first-round pick either. He's kind of proven me wrong. Um, but Drew Locke was available. And I, I you could say what you want about Drew Locke, but he fell to the second round. And he's outplaying what a second-round quarterback looks like in this league. 
you know um there were other guys on the board that have been impactful that they they could have drafted ready for this they could have went and Dexter Lawrence that pick was awesome I'll say that they could have won Josh Allen TJ Hawkinson Devin Bush um they could have went for a guard in Lindstrom they could have went Brian Burns they could have went Jeffrey Simmons Noah Fant Darnell Savage right Josh Jacobs Obviously, they wouldn't have because of Saquon. I was kind of just listing off solid players, but you get the point. They could have went Hollywood Brown. They pick three times. Three times in the first round. And I don't know if two of the three picks will be on the team next year. DeAndre Baker, obviously, he got caught. He's gone. He's done for the league. Like The guy might go to jail. Dexter Lawrence is a stud. He's in the future plans. Daniel Jones, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he stands. I don't I don't know. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, um, solid player out of Old Dominion. Uh, kind of a beat up, hasn't played much this year or at all, I don't think. Um, Julian Love is a is a pretty solid player. He gets a lot of playing time and a shitty secondary fourth-round pick could develop into something. <sighs> Corey Ballantyne's not with the team anymore. Darius Slayton, they obviously hit on as a fifth-round pick. That was a great find for them. Ryan Conley, he uh, really hasn't... Actually, he's not even a giant anymore. I didn't even realize that. He was taken before Darius Slayton. That's that's all you need to know. Corey Ballantyne does not make it, and neither do the Giants' last two picks. This past year, I think they do a lot better of a job of drafting. It's weird. Uh, Andrew Thomas, who was my fourth rated tackle. I didn't love that pick. Xavier McKinney. Hasn't played yet. Matt Pert, okay. Holmes, Lemieux, Cam Brown, and then four seventh-round picks. We don't know what's going to happen with this Giants class. It's going to be hit or miss, and uh, we don't know what happens with Gettleman. That's why I think the Giants are in a weird spot. They either have to start over again because and find a new quarterback and GM, or they have to keep plugging holes in a, shim- uh, in a sinking ship. Um. And that's going to be it for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's a very Giants-centric podcast. Um, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. And we'll go over the Giants-Eagles game. Peace out.